Okay, on the line now, I've got Dan Fonsell. I've given you a bit of background. We played together, played against each other, which is always more difficult than playing together, which is, is one of the best ways to rate a, a, an opponent and a friend. Uh, Dan, great to catch up with you. How are things going over in Ireland? Hey, Bob. No, thanks. Thanks for the, for the invite, man, and always uh, nice hearing from you. Ireland is always a good place, whether it rain or whether the sun is shining, you know. So it's going well. <laughs> good man. Now, Dan, I've, I've called on an old uh, acquaintance and, and friend of mine because I think you'd be better placed to, to help me with the conundrum here. You know, we, we've, we've spoken about the kings and the cheaters um, and playing rugby over here in a, in a format that's foreign to them. I wanted to get an indication from you how you felt that they were going to go from the beginning of the season. But now that we one game in, it's already proved that you're right. It's quite tough over here. Look, I think so, you know. And um, I was myself wasn't sure of how it was going to go. Obviously, still with big South African uh, connection and appetite. Um, but I do think, you know, over a year, or the South Africans sometimes can underestimate us a little bit, you know. And coming into the season as well, you know, all, both Ulster and the Scarlets uh, haven't had great pre-seasons. You know, both have been beaten badly in, in, in pre-season games and they're resting all their international players that would have toured with the Lions and so on. So I think uh, hopefully now the South African public can can understand that Northern Hemisphere rugby is actually very good rugby so let's separate the um the 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 rugby players from the rugby coaches i mean you you're involved in in the island setup and and have maybe give us a bit of background about that and then tell us uh well i I suppose i'll probe a bit more as to to how well they they are preparing the coaches here for for a lifetime of committing to the game look it's something that uh you know for the last 10 years i've been working with with leinster rugby in, in dublin as a coach development officer where your whole remit is coach development, whether that is guys coaching rugby from six years of age and uh, whether they're coaching professional at at the All-Island League standard or Leinster 20s or the provincial setups. And for each one, there's sort of a a specific pathway through their their whole coach education process and uh, we act as mentors and, and so on. So I think... That's a big difference from my experience in South Africa and even having chatted to Gert Small when he was over here and now back again in Cape Town. I think that's that's a real lack uh, in South African rugby where in the Northern Hemisphere, I think its coaches are well looked after. Um, Dan, and, and how that spills over into, into affecting the players? I mean, the, you know, the players are, are, are prepping and working hard it's something they're doing for a living. You, you know, you would expect that, that, that during the time that they are being paid professionals, that they've got the best uh, available to them. I mean, I know Ireland actually took their focus off sevens for a while because they had an allocation of, of funds and of, of budget that didn't uh, necessarily cover off sevens. And that was a, a, a group decision. How did that all work? Look, again, it is. it was about funding and so on, but I also think about player pool, you know. Uh, over here as well, which is different from probably the Southern Hemisphere, is you've only got so many players, especially in Ireland. England now, different story. But in Ireland, you have to focus on, uh, we try and keep the net as wide as we can. We don't play competitive rugby until we're 13 years of age. You know, and then even from then on, you know, we've got two different pathways. We've got a club pathway and a school's pathway to try and keep as many players playing for as long as they can. 
And through that, we concentrate a hell of a lot on individual skills, you know, the technical aspects around that and tactical understanding, which, again, I think in or my perception would be and being back home a couple of times is South African rugby would be very much let's dominate the gain line and let's play field position where, yeah, it's very much on the on the individual skills of of players and that that then came into the sevens program now and Ireland only being there for a couple of years now have, have qualified for the World Cup in, in San Fran next year. The the women's rugby is doing pretty well since they've started with the sevens. So so I do think, you know, a lot of the coaching uh focusing on those on those sort of areas and a phrase that we use here a lot of the time is are you lucky or unlucky by the coach that you get because ultimately you're going to become a good player if you had a good coach and uh, and and it's clearly a, a sort of a system of of less is more as well and putting the time and effort in the right places um dan i wanted to quickly ask your take on the south african teams um you know in uh, the, the start of of the guinness um pro 14 um, and and where you think uh, this could go? I mean, I, I, my comment on it, which which is is publicised, is that I actually think the cheetahs and the kings have fallen into a very good environment. You know, one where I think that they could genuinely grow their their players' international exposure, and they could grow a, a real opportunity for themselves to have a, a, a competition in the same timeline that could, um, you know, really get people enthusiastic about the kind of rugby that they could play. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you because obviously we look at it both ways, out of players and of, out of coaches, you know. And I do think, you know, if, if, this, uh, if, this, if the South Africans are going to allow the whole Northern Hemisphere culture or to be part of that, and and uh, get to to know the different uh, coaches, the different setups, the different players, because the game is different here. Then I think it's going to be benefit for both. You know, like let's not forget the the guys over here must still go to Bloemfontein and and Port Elizabeth, which is not the easiest. But then the players over there must still come back here in January, which you know the game almost changes then in its in its concepts. Well, a little a little angle that hasn't been discussed much is that you know for me a, a curry cup level player now in South Africa. Let's take the the different examples. So one at the Cheetahs and one at Western Province. If 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 the player at Western Province doesn't make the Stormers setup, he's stuck playing curry cup with very little viewing of his skill or his ability from an international standpoint. But if he's playing yes. for the Cheetahs, he might make you know the the. I suppose the, the the world a stage, if you want. Suddenly, he's playing against the Scarlets. He's playing against Leinster, against the Dragons. He's playing on an international stage, and you know, carving up over here could mean that he's got a pound-based or even euro-based uh, contract as an opportunity for him when he wouldn't have had it before. Yeah, no, and that's that's a definite huge advantage, you know. And I think, again, from from past when when you toured, you always liked the tour touring for different reasons. But it's also to go and express yourself or to go and find out how good you are uh, against players that you don't really know much about. And I think so that's a real opportunity for both players and coaches now to come over here and 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 realize, gee, we only know about the, the international players that's playing for Ireland, Scotland or Wales. But now we're actually in these provincial setups where there's a lot of good youngsters about and, and that's going to 
encourage hopefully the the players to to work on their own skill sets and tactical understanding of the game as well. Okay, Dan Fincel. Well, I'm I'm afraid that I, I I'm running out of time here. I don't think they'll be able to afford you, but I do hope that South Africa <laughs> will wake up to uh, to see that someone of your skill set who's been over here who understands the system could do a lot to uh, help our domestic rugby coaches and and develop. So I really really appreciate your time, and I look forward to catching up shortly. Oh, Bob, no, always a pleasure, and thanks thanks again for the invite, man. Talk soon.